talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. Uh, you're yawning right at the beginning, Brent. What are you doing? Wake up, Brent. Did it just hit you? It just hit me. Where's your coffee? It's already gone. Wait, I drank a, a lot of it. I felt like I didn't some, drink any. We're expecting somebody listening to not be bored by us, and we're <laughs> bored by us. <laughs> we're bored, and we haven't Three even started. Three seconds out right? of the gate. My goodness. Uh, it's not a boring. I'm just, I'm wiped. Wiped. <laughs> well, there's nothing boring about the next two podcasts uh, we're going to be recording. Uh, mm-hmm. This one here, and for those who don't know, we, we usually record in batches, and so we'll record one, and then we'll take a little break to record another, and they, they do a couple times. But this one is uh, one I think that everybody... Uh, will appreciate because it's it's the battle of the mind and this has kind of been a, a, a topic of conversation around here at church lately um, and so why not talk about it while we're, we're while it's fresh in our minds but the battlefield of the mind is something that we as humans will deal with for really all of our life and the question is can, can it ever be um, conquered or can it ever be tamed and, and what do you do when, when the mind is racing out of control, and why does it race out of control? So all of these questions and all of these thoughts are, are part of the discussion, and in 30 minutes we're going to solve the problem. You got it. And we're going to wrap it up in a nice—no, of course not. We're going to really just scratch the surface, but at least we're scratching the surface. Yeah. So uh, battlefield of the mind, and go. Well, the Bible says take every thought captive. But, yeah. what, but realistically, what does that look like, and how do you do that? day in day out and that truly is the battlefield of the mind you know when 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 we recognize that our mind our thoughts are going in areas that they shouldn't that that it shouldn't then we have that conscious choice of grabbing hold of it and and changing the thought process but lo and behold man many times it's like how did i even start down this path how did i get to this point and it's like I don't even remember thinking three steps toward this, and here I am. Right. And what do you do with it in that situation? I think that is the key, though, is how did I start? I mean, you're right, but you don't sometimes know how you started, but the start is the key to the whole thing. I just want to know, what does it mean to grab a hold of it? <laughs> That's a good Hebrew word. <laughs> that was an Alabamian, if yeah. I've ever heard one. <laughs> grab a hold of it. Hold and proud, my how do brother. You grab a hold. But but it is true because it, it seems like the uh, the mind once it starts unless yeah. you hold, unless you intentionally take it captive it it almost always goes down very rarely I think does does your mind go up I've heard, all, it, I've heard it said before that taking a hold of it is uh, not chewing on it so that 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 initial thought can come through and kind of pass by because it, it, it I mean. We, yeah, we if can't anybody, help that. No, it happens. I mean, you drive down the road, you see a billboard, you're like, whoa, you know, it, there's stuff all the time. But it, it's it's then that next step of, of chewing on it that's, that to me, that's the taking hold. Now, I'm, I'm not always successful at that, and I don't think anybody is, but that's the that's the battle right there. Well, the I start think, of the battle. I mean, it's not that easy. I'm not, I don't want to simplify this thing. Yeah, well, the, the beginning is the word we use all the time is intentionality. So recognizing that it is a battle. That's really the first step. Sure, sure. It's calling it what it is. It is a battle and it's never going to be an autopilot. Yeah. Um, the, the scripture tells us, I can't call the reference at the moment, but um, if I think it's Colossians actually, that um, if you live by the spirit, you won't be controlled by the flesh. Mm-hmm. And so 
there is this constant battle of the mm-hmm. flesh and the spirit. Now we're talking for believers. If you're not a believer, mm-hmm. if you are not uh, a part of the family of God through relationship with Jesus, then this is different yeah. because the spirit of God is not inside of you, and so you don't have that Mm-mm-mm. weapon voice. <laughs> yeah, you don't have that. Yeah. You know, you're 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 fighting it just on your own strength, and right. there's uh, there's no permanent victory in that. Um, right. But so recognize and, and, it is a battle. It is a battle, and and two like taking a, a thought captive there there's really no such thing as no thoughts i mean go down this road with me here in a minute like it's it's impossible to just completely i think for very long anyway like blank slate your mind and like have no thoughts so you're you've got a thought that's passing through you can't just not think about that it's almost like you've got to replace that thought with something else and uh, the passage that comes to mind is the philippians i think it's 4 8 where Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's righteous, whatever, you know, trustworthy, dwell on those things. So it's almost like in the battle, it's, we, we, we are thinking people. That's what we do. I mean, that's all we, all we do. We think all the time. So you got to take the, the, the thought that you're trying to control away, but you got to replace it with something else. And, and practical advice, I've actually given this advice before in just counseling sessions, we read verses like that, and yes, it is true, prayer and worship and all these things. But sometimes, I think just for me, practical on-the-fly advice is replace it with anything. It doesn't even have to be super spiritual, but if you're battling a um, something that, an addiction or something, and you need to replace that thought immediately, I mean, go to... Go to something. Go to football. Go to you know music. Go to something else. Just in that very sing, sing anything. Get out. Get in the short term. You know, that practically, like you're trying to to eat right. You're trying to not eat that you know candy bar or whatever it is. Well, you don't have to necessarily think about vegetables because that's <laughs> probably not going to help. But you can go yeah. think about something else. So anyway, I just. Because we can't not think. I mean, have you ever tried to just sit there and go, I'm, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking? You're, well, yeah, you're because thinking. honestly, the, the the preface of this is not typically take every thought captive when it's a deep, dark, emotional, you're by right. yourself. Every yeah. thought. You know, and it, so really, I think there's more temptation for the thoughts to go astray when we're active and when we're, we've got things going on versus when I'm alone with my own thoughts, because when I'm alone with my own thoughts as a Christ follower, that's really when the Holy Spirit has the opportunity to, to point out where I'm not following in faithfulness. Yet when I'm listening to things that I shouldn't be listening to, you know, as a Christ follower, uh, watching things that are questionable on media or, or television, just just a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, I'm in the middle of watching a movie where there's things I shouldn't be watching as a Christ follower, and I'm wondering why my thoughts are going there. Well, I got to take it captive while I'm still watching the movie. Oh, I can't pretend like I'm the one. You know, it, it's like it doesn't work that way. You know, there's some there's certain Bible verses for those who's been around a long, long time that they almost become cliche to us, and they yeah. shouldn't. But um, I'm thinking of Romans 12 too. Do do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm not sure we shouldn't preach that almost like every single Sunday. You yeah. know, like that is such a powerful, powerful verse that I know, and goodness, in youth ministry and pastoring, and we've said that verse so many times, almost to where it becomes just kind of, you know, a throw, not a throwaway verse, but that's what it feels sometimes. There's such power in that, and, and that's right, Brent. Like we, every single moment, it's it's the building upon itself. That's, uh, well, the, the, um, 
Oh gosh, what was I going to say? Because if we're not transforming the mind in all those moments, then we are conforming to the pattern of the world. I mean, our mind, our mind is going to go and the mind doesn't set idle. It's going to go in one of two directions. It's going to go towards the flesh or towards the spirit. It's just going to go somewhere. It's not going to just sit. We've all probably told the story, the illustration of uh, the two dogs yeah. in everybody's mind. Which one you feed? And you've got... You just ruined the punchline. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you got two, but you know, you got two dogs. One is a good dog, and one is a bad dog, mm-hmm. and they're constantly vying for for the mind. And somebody asks, so how how do you know how does you know which dog wins? And it's the one that you feed the most. Mm-hmm. And the sad reality is, most of us feed the 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 bad dog right. uh, intentionally and unintentionally in terms of what we allow into our hearts and our minds because we really don't filter i say we generally you know we probably go through phases where we're a little bit better than others but for the most part we don't filter what we allow into our mind have you ever been driving down the road and you're singing a song and then it hits you whoa what the heck am i singing i do it all the time yeah you know like i was i was i can't remember when it was it was years ago but I was singing, I kissed a girl and I liked it. And I'm thinking, what the, why am I singing this song? Now, that actually makes sense for me to sing yeah, it. Well, yeah, I got But you. from, isn't yeah, it Katy Perry? I think so, yeah. And, and I'm yeah. going, why, why am I singing this yeah. song? This is ridiculous that it's in my head. And what happened was it must have been on the radio. And it was a catchy tune. I'm yeah. in air quotes here. And I, it just automatically That's such a good example. stuck. That's such a good example, though, because I'll leave, I'll walk out of Walmart or Publix mm-hmm. or whatever, and the yeah. song will be playing. I'll sing an hour and a half later, and it, that's where it popped in my mind. But that's such a good example of how it's so easy for us to conform to the pattern of the world. That's just a small example, because yep. something that insignificant really did stick inside of us. And to get more, to, 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 to be harder, and this sounds hard, but I think it's really true, Um why do we sin? Why do we think on things we shouldn't think of? The bottom line is we love our sin more than we love God. I mean, how, how, could, it, how could it be anything? You, you do what you love, right? Which, that's not a condemnation. That's just the reality of the flesh. It's the reality of the hunger of the flesh. What we want in the flesh overcomes yeah, I think, I, what I, we may want intellectually or... I think philosophically, it's a true statement. I, I think it, it may be a, a deeper answer. But yes, I agree with you. We sin because we we believe that that sin is the better answer for me than than God is the answer for me. I mean that that sounds harsh as well. But so why would you soften though the love part? No, I know I'm not trying to. If you obey me, you will do what I command. I mean, if you love me, you will do what I command. I mean, I, I don't soften it at all. I'm just. I wasn't trying to soften it. I, I just believe that that is why people sin. I just wanted to be... No, no, I know. It's, it's a good... <laughs> stir the pot. It's I good. just want to stir it a little bit. Um, but no, I, you know... But actually, let's, let's, can we run down that trail a little Go. bit? Yeah. Ima- think of how many times we don't speak absolute truth because we we don't want to appear hard or we don't want to we don't want to be too dogmatic or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it, it, it seems like a lot of times... We don't call it what it is, and I'm not saying you did that. No, but, no, no. But we don't want to call it what it is because we don't want to seem to be, you know, graceless or whatever. Right. But I think there's times where we have to be more, more reflective in the mirror, going, mm-hmm. "Yep, that's what it is. It's plain as day." Because until we actually recognize something, 
for what it really is. Mm-hmm. How do we actually deal with it for what it really is? For instance, we, we allow, let, let's say we watch a movie and it's not a movie we should be watching. Well, you know, every movie's got that in it. Right. But, but, but really, I mean, do I really need to put that into my mind? And if I do, do I really expect that that's not going to resurface somewhere? Everything will resurface. Somewhere. Everything. Every, good, bad, indifferent, everything's going to resurface. And we call it entertainment. Right. But why do we feel compelled to entertain our brains with stuff that's we we all the time talk about how being cautious about what we put in our body? That's a whole other conversation, yeah. but it really is the exact same thing. You put junk in, you get junk out. One caveat, too, because I've had this conversation. I'm just over, rambling. I no, know. I know, but I've had this conversation over the years, and as we talk about not watching the bad stuff, like it, it, typically this conversation goes towards movies and songs. I mean, it, yeah. a lot of the times and, and true, it's, it's very true. Um, but I've, I've actually had conversations with people go, well, you know what? I'm not watching anything R rated. I mean, so they, they've kind of put up some, some temporary, some boundary, boundary yeah. which isn't bad, but it's, it's like, that's not really, that's not the thing. I mean, yeah. it, 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 you're still, the mind can be influenced by this world conformed even if you don't watch R-rated movies. I mean, there's so many other th- things, you know. It, it's not always the big bad wolf that influences us to the culture, if that makes sense. Actually, yeah. I think the more subtle things may even be worse because we don't even realize they're doing it. Well, the argument would be, well, if I, if I only watch things that are holy, I wouldn't watch anything. Yeah. And? Yeah. It, it's almost like yeah. we've never existed right. before in life without... Without media, yeah. So how can we possibly live without it? Yeah. Which is really, I think that brings us all the way full circle. We've got so much mental illness going on. We've got so much um, mental instability in terms of people who would say, "Man, my mind, I just can't turn it off." And I've got so many of these dark thoughts and all this. And then you're going, "Well, what are you putting in your mind?" Well, I mean, I I only binge on Netflix like you know, four hours a day. <laughs> Binge. It's a new word we made up for yeah. media. We yeah, didn't, we didn't have it 10 years ago. Binging. Yeah. Since when is a binge, right. you, when is the word binge used in a good way? Binge on the I Bible. binge on the scripture. Yeah. Okay, maybe maybe we could get yeah. there, but does that make, I mean, why, how are we surprised, I guess is what I'm saying. Time out. Brent, you want to talk? <laughs> <laughs> I got several things just actually racing you, through my mind. One, <laughs> racing through my mind, see it? <laughs> One, uh, think about Paul. Paul struggled with the same things that we're talking about, yeah. taking every captive, every thought captive. He says, I continue to do the things I didn't, I don't want to do, and that battle of the flesh that he constantly battled, and and this was surrounded by a, by a topic of holiness. And so I'm as, as y'all were talking, I'm putting myself in the position of this— of the listener who wants to do better, but just can't seem to get out and they're beating themselves up because look, I made another mistake and I'm just, I'm worthless. I'm trash. You know, all these negative things that we say about ourselves and I tried and I failed again. I'm just never going to get it right. And I just, I want to speak encouragement to those, you know, we've kind of called this out and said, it's kind of been harsh on it, but in the same breath, there is forgiveness. There is a, a release of this if internally we really want to let go and take our minds captive, take our thought caps captive. But the first thing we got to do is acknowledge that there is an issue. 
And I think we try to cover it up and pretend like it's not there. And for me, really where I'm at right now in life is I want to call out what the issue is. Having a conversation with an adult or a teenager, just own it. Own what the issue is because until you own it, you can't seek forgiveness. Because I don't, you know, the whole idea of God just forgive me for all of my sins, he does that. But where did we teach that? I mean, I remember being taught that as a kid. I mean, where did that come from? Just say your prayer at night, God, for whatever sins I've done today, forgive me. What kind of blanket thing is that? That that that's that's not a pursuit of holiness. Mm-hmm. That's not a pursuit of God. If I'm seeking after God, the Holy Spirit will reveal to me the issues in my heart and my life. And then for me, I have to acknowledge it, confess it, and leave it at the cross. And so for cap taking our thoughts captive, I really think that's where many of our listeners are. Own the mistakes that you made, own the issues, own where you have not been doing that, but don't beat yourself up any longer because there's forgiveness. And the evil one uses past condemnation to bring that up to us over and over again. If you've been forgiven, then you've been forgiven and accept that. You make new mistakes, ask forgiveness again, turn your heart toward God, pursue holiness. But I think really that's really the heartbeat of where so many people are. Don't beat yourself up, just own the mistake, take it to the cross, and and move forward. So where does Romans uh, 6 come into play, though? You know, how can we ten- continue in sin so that grace may abound? Certainly not. We've died to sin. So it's this idea, and, and I totally agree with you what you're saying, and I, I think that is a very, very important distinction, and it's a great counterbalance to what could be harsh. But I would also say that we can't go too far in that because it's easier for people to say, oh, well, I just don't understand to keep doing this. Yeah, but at some point, you've got to do something different. Well, Paul also said, I said, I fought the good fight. I mean, I, yes, it's a know, fight. So I, the same Paul that says, I do the things I don't want to do and don't do the things. But, but even in that statement, he's saying kind of, you know, like, I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working out my salvation. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm fighting. I'm fighting. So fighting for holiness. Um, but but I, I'm hearing what you're saying, too, because many conversations over the years where somebody who comes in and they're beating themselves up, and actually that beating themselves up, sometimes, a lot of times, it, it affects the mind, so do they actually go back into the same pattern. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, 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 uh, the shame or whatever leads them back into the same pattern. So, But that, that again, is, is that, that also is changing the mindset. That's, it's not, we, we've been, this whole conversation's been on changing our mind about the sin issues, but it's also changing our minds about uh, God's view of ourselves. I mean, this is, uh, that's a battlefield of the mind as well. You know, so should we regret. should we never feel shame, or should we reject all shame? I, I, I'm struggling with the word shame. Um, I think that's a that's an emotion God's given us. Because I, I, doesn't it serve? Can't, I may be, can't I may be it playing, serve a purpose? Yeah, I may be playing semantics here. I don't shame to me holds a heavier than regret. I mean, you know, what I, mean? I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm I can just go down a road here of semantics, but. I think I think shame is healthy before we take it to the cross. Yeah. Shame, regret, whatever word you want to put in there, if you're a Christ follower and and you sin, that is from the Holy Spirit. That's, That's conviction. That, that convi- yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's another way of conviction. Should I be a, a, a live in shame about things that I've taken to the cross and I've asked forgiveness and I've sought reconciliation and I've done everything on my part that I can and should do? I think that's the way the evil one attacks and 
tries to cause the Christ follower to stumble at that point. I, so, okay, somebody from the past, somebody nobody knows, so um, had a real, real solid issue, big major issue with pornography and, and actually ended up doing some cheating on the wife, all this kind of stuff. The guy's doing great, his marriage is doing great today. Um, but the, that battle in his mind was so severe, he, had, he was at wit's end, he had tried everything, um, just, you know, Bible verses, memory, accountability groups, all this stuff, you know, nothing. Actually went away and did like, a, I think it was like a three-month sabbatical camp that reprograms the mind. The same thing like alcoholics may do, they go to these retreatments. So, the mind is so key. This guy is doing incredible now, many years later. Um, you know, same marriage and everything is restored. But he's not living with the shame of that past anymore. It's still there. He still knows it. He still remembers it. And according to him, he'll still look in the rearview mirror occasionally just to remember where he's come from. But he's definitely not living in that anymore. So um, I think shame regret, uh, all that stuff did lead him to a place of, I got to do something. And, and he did something drastically different. To me, that's that scripture of, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. He did the extreme measure, owned it completely, and went away and fixed his life, honestly. so hmm. yeah. Boy, it the, the, the hard thing about being human is that it, nothing is just cut and dry, black or white. It's like we are we are such complicated beings, right? Because nothing is is uh, segmented or compartmentalized. Our minds affect our bodies. Our bodies affect our spirit. Our spirit affects yeah. our actions. I mean, everything even, is together. Even deeper, that web, like just a. Why do you think the way that you think? Mm-hmm. It's not just one reason. It, it's, it's a so multiplicity many, of reasons. You got you got family, <laughs> yeah. personality, you got personality, you got fears, past, past things that have yeah. happened to you. Uh, you know, uh, different people have had all kinds of things that have happened in their past. So it, all of those things feed into the complexity of what makes me think the way that I think. Um, very complex, but yet here's a God who intimately loves us and and said go back to it Romans 12 2, don't conform me along the patterns be renewed by the transforming of your mind I mean that's what's really cool is that that's the beginning of Romans chapter 12 but if you skip just a few verses for forward we find the context within this that it's within the context of the body of Christ mm-hmm. and there is the grace of God that is administered by the people of God to yeah. each other Right. And so it, it, it's like the tr- transformation by the renewing of our mind is done yeah. with the help of God's grace that is given by God's people. We've so, made that a Western culture thing in our reading of that over the years, I think. Like, I think we've yeah. taken that verse and go, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to renew my, my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's me. I'm going to yeah. do it. Nobody else can do it, but that's right. not true at all, yep. which, which blows my mind to think that the 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 healthy believer is one who is in healthy vulnerable relationships with the people of God, right. because the people of God are the ones who help me renew my mind. That is that is mind boggling. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, re- that's part of the accountability aspect of it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and it's um, it it's cool the way God orchestrates all of these things. So so He knows what I need, but He also knows what you need, and so mm-hmm. we, He puts us in the same room together, <laughs> and it's like He's given. I, I I was thinking about this the other day that you have a blind man, a mute man, and a deaf man, and all three of them are missing one of their faculties. So when they're by themselves, they're they're uh, handicapped. Mm-hmm. But when they're all together, yeah. the guy who's blind gets to see through the guy who mm-hmm. cannot hear. Right. But the guy who cannot hear gets to hear yeah. from the guy who cannot speak. And so it's this it's this cooperation yeah. with each other that that really is uh, uh, just fascinating. And yeah. and it's it's by design by God. The only thing I can think of is because God knows that anybody in themselves who is fully sufficient in themselves, uh, that was a redundant, redundantly redundant statement, um, they, they will rise up with pride. And pride is the ultimate of, uh, of, of a man's downfall. That's, that's the only, the only yeah. thing I can figure, that that's why he created us that way. Um, but going back to the, to the mind... What would you say to a person who says, I hear voices? Hmm. The initial response from people, sometimes jokingly, would be, well, that person's just crazy. I don't believe that. But that's not really true. It's not really, really about do. being crazy. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, I've, I've had a deep dive into this the last couple of weeks. I believe it's very true. The number of people that hear voices, yeah. evil voices, yep. and they are fighting against it is it's mind-boggling. I believe it's very true. Um, first, I mean, if I'm talking directly to the person, I, I would affirm them and say, I believe you. You know, I mean, that's, um, that's where I'd start. But then, you know, going with that, dealing with that, um, I do what I can. I would try to also get them, you know, some other help. That that even is very, you got to be very careful on that. But that's another podcast for another day. Professional help is good, but the right professional help has got to be uh, anyway in, in my research I'm, I'm discovering that there is a link between marijuana and these voices yeah. and um, apparently if you have a predisposition towards mental illness marijuana opens the door to it and if you think about it it makes sense weed causes you to lose to, to loosen up to lose control Right. right. That's why you would do that right. is I want to feel better. So if if you are controlling the mind in your in being sober to loosen it up, you're letting the mind run free, which is basically saying whatever predisposition I have, just let it loose, let it go. And that that's a dangerous place, because once you open that door, Shutting the door, it's not impossible, but it's very, very difficult. I'm not a d- medical doctor, but, yeah. but, but there's something to that. And I think that as we see weed opened up more recreationally and accepted mm-hmm. in, in our culture, it's going to get worse, not, not better. You know, most of the, I know we're probably close on time, yeah. most of the mainstream books on our shelves, you know, they don't get deep into, like, and this is probably another podcast another day, but they don't get deep into the, opening the the door for the demonic type of stuff. But I strongly, strongly believe that the more I've been around stuff and heard stuff, yeah. and, I, and I, weed, yes, definitely. But there's more, so more. I mean, there's media, there's there's other things. Music. Music, there's things, places. I mean, there's, 
the door to the demonic can be opened and that can allow voices in. I strongly believe that. I fully believe that. Um, and uh, But it, it, this doesn't need to be said before we leave. Those voices can be shut up and shut out, um, but it may take prayer and fasting. It may take, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, to, the, to the one listening who does have the voices, it's not the end for you. It can be overcome. But only supernaturally, I would say. Within self, it's not going to be possible. Yeah, I was just looking up the verse. Uh, I think it's within the context of forgiveness. But um, I'm trying to find it up here. The scripture says, do not give the devil a foothold. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think what that tells us, even though it's talking about uh, with, uh, within the context of forgiveness, it indicate here it is, do not let the sun go down while you're angry. This is uh, Ephesians 4, uh, 26 and following. Um, actually, 25 through following. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we all are members of one body. There it is again. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. So do not give the devil a foothold. Um, it does give you the idea that you can give the devil a foothold. You, yeah. can, you can let down your guard and allow him mm-hmm. in in a way that is very, very, very... Uh, dangerous and, and one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing and now you're in a deeper hole than what you initially even possibly imagined well i'd say that any living in any type of open sin right is a foothold of the demonic that's that gives gives the devil legal right to do things that we don't really grasp or understand but if you're actively living in sin in defiance of god then you're leaving. Yeah. You're living in conjunction with the evil one. And what's dangerous in our time is this conversation. So many times over the years, it automatically goes to, "Well, I'm not doing the bad R-rated movies, and I'm not doing the that horrible rap music, so I'm okay." Yeah. No, these other things are footholds too. You know, it's that, that we just got to be very careful. So I'm gonna throw up a softball, but I'm not gonna let us hit it because we're out of time. So yeah. this will be just a teaser for another podcast. Can a believer? Be, what's the difference between possessed and oppressed? Can a believer be <laughs> possessed <laughs> by the demonic? Mm. Up until last week, I thought the answer was no. I might have changed my mind. Uh, might be with you. <laughs> might strongly be. Can with a you. believer be possessed by the what's demonic? What's the difference between possessed and oppressed? Well, that is the question. Now, is it? Right there. <laughs> All right. We're going to say goodbye. You know what? Maybe maybe that's the next podcast. We'll, we'll see. see. All right. You guys have a great day. Thank you for joining us on um, the uh, Messy Christianity podcast. I hope that the title is uh, obviously appropriate, especially given the topic for today. We don't claim to be experts. We don't claim to have all the answers. We are uh, fellow strangers walking down this road, and we've been doing it a while, and all three of us are pastors, but... We, uh, we still like to hear what you have to say because we're still learning. So give us some feedback if you will. Share it, subscribe, and have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. You want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.